Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show we are talking about Arkansas, the writing and directing debut from regularly comedic actor Clark Duke, who kind of came out of nowhere with this one, and we will get into that in the conversation, but uh, this thing just came out on VOD a couple weeks back. Of course, it may have had a different kind of life if we weren't living in the times that we're living in right now, but it is out there, and it is getting its legion of fans. I think this is the kind of movie that uh, we're going to look back on in a few years, and it's going to be a little bit of a cult classic, and I think that is a great thing because it is a movie that people should be seeing. If you haven't seen it, uh, go check it out. It's available for rental right now, and then listen to this conversation I got coming up with a new co-host on the show. We've got Kate Kennedy. Kate does content on Twitter. I am happy to have her on the show, and we have a great conversation about Arkansas. So before we get into that, I do want to remind you to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You could also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And of course, follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And you could also join the conversation over on our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. So let's get into this conversation about Arkansas. All right, so joining me today on the show, we've got with us Kate. Kate, how's it going? Going all right. How are you? I am great. I am, uh, you know, we we have been seeing so many of these movies that are just kind of like coming out of nowhere and hitting VOD, especially with everything going on. And this movie we're about to talk about, Arkansas, I mean, is almost like a perfect example of that. Uh, Before we get into it, though, it is your first time on the show. Why don't you tell people a little about uh, you and what you do? Absolutely. So I'm a freelance film critic and entertainment journalist. I'm based out of Austin, Texas. Uh, My real sweet spot is in terms of like gender and horror and Westerns, oddly. I really love talking about (laughs) Westerns, which kind of ties in with my feelings on this film. Sure. Uh, But yeah, that's that's pretty much all there is to me. I'm I'm a pen for hire who loves movies. Nice. I like it. I like it. And yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I've seen a bunch of your work online, you know, we follow each other on Twitter, obviously. And, uh, I saw your review of Arkansas and I thought, Hey, I wonder if she'd want to do this episode because yeah, it seems like you really love this one. It's definitely a really interesting film. And, uh, I'm sure this is something we'll touch on later, but I find Arkansas especially interesting given its place in this whole COVID versus the entertainment industry. 
Um, mm-hmm. I had been set to cover South by Southwest this year, mm-hmm. which was where Arkansas was originally set to premiere. And so Arkansas was kind of that in that first line of casualties. Yeah. You know, the, the industry has been totally shaken um, by the coronavirus. And so, you know, kind of like you touched on before, it's really interesting to look at this film that has these great stars in it. And that it's this really fascinating film, but it kind of needs, I think it needed that festival premiere. And, you yeah. know, like you said, it just kind of dropped on VOD. Yeah. And there's a lot of films that are getting that treatment. And I've been, you know, I, I've been reviewing a lot of them and it feels from a journalism perspective, it's very strange. Yeah. No, it's absolutely. Really yeah. Another movie I, uh, that I'm planning on doing an episode on, uh, later this week that I saw you were tweeting about this morning, the vast of night. That's another one that's just, uh, going to just come out of nowhere because, you know, unfortunately it, it's coming out during this time, but hopefully these movies get their audiences. Well, while we're here, um, you know, not to divert too much from Arkansas, but The Vast of Night is a really fantastic film. I saw it at the uh, 2019 Fantastic Fest and have loved it ever since Um, when PR reached out to me and they're like, hey, would you want to write about it again closer to the release? It's like, yes, yes, yes. Gimme, gimme, gimme. (laughs) It's a fantastic sci-fi film. So if y'all are into that, check it out. It comes out on the 29th, so at the end of this week. Nice. Let's jump into Arkansas. Why don't we, I, we're going to have plenty to talk about during this thing, I'm sure. So why don't we just start out? What do you got for your first puzzle piece? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to skirt around film kind of the puzzle piece that initially stuck out to me for this was the Odyssey. Things like the Iliad and the Odyssey, very mm-hmm. classic Greek epics. Absolutely. You got these characters going across and especially with the setting and everything that really like kind of helps to drive that kind of a feeling home. Yeah, 100%. I um, what really kind of struck me about it is you think about something like the Odyssey and the Odyssey occurs within kind of this mystical space, you know, between time. It's a it's a group of people that are kind of stuck outside of, and I guess saying outside of the timeline is not quite accurate, um, you know, because we are talking about the ancient Greeks in terms of the Odyssey. Mm. But it just really struck me that you had kind of these strange characters existing in this sort of timeless space. And I'll go off on a whole tangent about the South in film, if you let me later (laughs) on. Go for it. (laughs) But they're existing within this really interesting space. And it's this very vast, story the vastness is what kind of brought to mind things like the odyssey and the iliad yeah lots of characters lots of lots of things happening within lots of moving parts all over the place and uh time yeah very long stretches of time in this film yeah absolutely jumping around it and everything like that yeah i think that's a great uh first puzzle piece to jump off on and uh i will just move right from the odyssey into my next puzzle piece uh, which I, I'm going to cheat a little bit myself here because I'm going to combine a bunch. Uh, I'm just going to say a whole bunch of Coen Brothers influence here. Uh, and of course, starting with the Odyssey, we got Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? As well as some Fargo, some even a little Big Lebowski, and definitely some No Country for Old Men with the setting and everything. Uh, but you got a lot of that whole neo-Western feel. You got these characters who like a lot of Coen Brothers characters are, you know, maybe a little dumber than they realize that they are, but then 
then the writing is so smart that it's like they're in these interesting uh, situations and dealing with it in really, you know, great ways, really uh, entertaining ways. And they're, they're, you know, they're not... They're not two steps ahead of anything, but they are making their way through all the situations that they're getting thrown into. And that really makes for an entertaining movie. I love that connection to Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I'm mad at myself for not thinking of it myself because you're absolutely right. Like that um, in my review, I called it a Southern fried epic. Um, And yeah, the natural pairing, like if you were going to make a double feature out of this, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? would be the perfect yeah. companion film i love that it's like odyssey night you got those two together and you're just you're, you're in <laughs> so right on what do you got uh, for your next piece then so my next puzzle piece kind of staying within the the southern western epic uh the man with no name trilogy mm. you know so uh what is it fistful of dollars for, for a few dollars more good the bad and the ugly or is that hanging high i'm getting my guys confused <laughs> clint eastwood Stoic figure, epic in the West. Yeah, I really, I can't really shake the feeling of this film, the scope of it. The scope Mm -hmm. was the most attractive thing about Arkansas to me. And and so kind of my comparison with the Man With No Name films is I'm thinking about uh, Frog, the, the mysterious mob boss that's kind of hidden in the background. He's got this great mythos to him or at least mm-hmm. as our main characters understand him, that to me, looking at size and scope in the film, um, is vaguely reminiscent of Clint Eastwood's character. Yeah. In those films, just this uh, this little-known badass. Yeah. Every character has their, uh, their little bits and pieces of knowledge about the guy, mm-hmm. but nobody really knows for sure. It, I was wondering, when did you realize because it's kind of hinted until it's actually shown when he is frog like when did you realize that well so for me it was seeing vince vaughn show up Mm -hmm. because because he's a great talent and he was doing so much fun stuff in this movie and so i watch a lot of movies and whenever the big name actor shows up with very little to do it's like oh here we go so that was when i knew but the reveal I think it was the second time that they, I mean, in terms of storyline, it took a while to like really mm-hmm. nail that in, but it was the second time that they went back to that, uh, I guess what, what was it like a thrift shop or like a, uh, a pawn, a pawn shack? Yeah. Yeah. A pawn shop. Yeah. Yeah. The, the second time they visited that, I thought, okay, this is, this is a hub. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I love how they handled his character. And he's been on a real roll lately uh, with uh, the movies that he's done with, uh, drawing a blank on the name, though, the, uh, you know, Dragged Across Concrete director, uh, Zoller, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. all those movies. Yeah, so he's been on a, a real roll lately. It's 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 exciting to see what he's been doing, and I, I hope he continues to do good work. Um, I'll, I'll jump into my next piece, though, and uh, that is the movie Hell or High Water. Which I feel like this, again, we were talking earlier about, you know, these movies, you know, not getting the push because of what's going on in the world right now. I feel like this could have been like a hell or high water, that like kind of little movie that, that you know, gets that word of mouth buzz and everybody's talking about through the year. Um, you know, it, it definitely has that kind of feel. And then just down to the actual story, uh, you've got these 
you know, these criminals who think what they're doing is just, and they basically think of themselves as the good guys in the situation, even though they are criminals. And so I just thought there was a, a pretty big parallel there. Well, and I love seeing that because I, I agree with you completely. And that's a theme sort of throughout these Western connections that we're both making, you know, in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? and The Man With No Name, um, mm-hmm. in Hell or High Water. Kind of the beautiful thing about the setting is there's that moral ambiguity. Yeah. You know, kind of like a kind of like the Wild West, you know, literally where it's a it's a lawless land and morality is established by those that are that are living it in the moment or setting their own rules. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think that's a beautiful way of summarizing that because it definitely is the case in this movie and any any film that kind of ties on that loose morality in the sense that you can be a good person and not do good things. Mm hmm. Yeah, that all that all ties in really beautifully. I really loved the characters in this yeah. film, and the writing was really interesting. My favorite thing about um, uh, Liam Hemsworth's character Kyle uh, is kind of that that lack of ambition in what he does. Like, I love that he just wants to just be the basic level criminal guy and just do his thing and not really rise up in any kind of ranks. And uh, I appreciate that quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and yet just kind of through circumstances totally beyond his control. I mean, he ends up drawing yep. the boss's attention in a really bad way. <laughs> He's such a good cog in the machine. It ends up working against him. Exactly. I love that. It's so great. All right. Well, what do you got for your next piece? Pulp fiction. Nice on my list as well. Yeah, it's and I mean, it's an obvious choice because it's so episodic the way that mm-hmm. the the film is presented so there's there's a format to it that is very recognizable very easy to tie to pulp fiction i feel um i feel like our leads there are some parallels between those two uh, like we were just talking about low level gangsters sure that yeah. are just a part a part of the larger machine and just through the circumstances they get thrown into uh i think that frog and marcellus wallace i think there's kind of an interesting parallel between the two. That was when I was preparing to come on and I was thinking about my puzzle pieces, I actually hadn't initially touched on Pulp Fiction. Mm. But then as I was going back over my notes from my screening, I had written down Marcellus Wallace um, alongside Vince Vaughn. And I'm like, okay, it's like, yeah, we, we got to talk about this. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they definitely come from a similar uh, place, those kinds of characters. And and I think, uh, you know, even c- continuing on the Pulp Fiction piece, I think uh, Clark Duke, as a writer-director, I think clearly comes from the school of loving Tarantino. You know what I mean? This is yeah. this is this is the kind of guy who grew up on Tarantino and just thinks this is the, you know, his movies are probably like, you know, I would say like his Scorsese or whatever, you know what I mean? And for, for his generation. And, and, uh, and, and so I think it makes a lot of sense on multiple levels, the movie itself, and then just him as a filmmaker and what he seems to be interested in. And that is something that, you know, definitely is worth touching on is just the, uh, the fact that Clark Duke was around. He's, you know, a great comedic actor. He's popped up in so many things over the years and now writing and directing this film just uh it's it's pretty interesting something that i touched on in my own review of arkansas was it's so refreshing 
to take in a film and instantly get a sense of how much the filmmaker loves movies. There is so much homage in this film, especially to classic, like classic cinematic narratives. It's Mm -hmm. set up, it's set up very beautifully. Um, It's full of homage, whether intentional or not. Um, I can't speak for Clark Duke in the press notes for the film. The big thing that he was harping on was, wanting to portray the South in a way that felt authentic to him. This Mm. was kind of a love letter to his home state and being a Southerner myself, that really, that really resonates. And so just a really studied hand, you know, he knows what he's doing and it's very exciting for this to like kind of be his debut in terms of features. I think he's going to do some great work. I think so too. And I also think, uh, you know, every so often I'll, uh, be lucky enough to get a filmmaker to come on the show and do a, a follow-up episode. I think if I was to have Clark Duke on this, he would talk for like an hour on, on his influences for this yeah. thing. I think I think he'd be way open about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's really beautifully put together. Yeah. All right. Well, I will. Uh, so I did have Pulp Fiction, but I'll jump to my next one, uh, and that is a combination again um of a couple of tv shows that i felt a little bit of influence from and that is ozark and breaking bad mm-hmm. uh bo- both both shows that really really uh are so interested in their setting um and and creating that feeling recreating that feeling of 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 the place where they are set and doing it in such a such an interesting way and it's something that you haven't quite seen before i mean we've seen movies set across the south but specifically arkansas maybe not so much you know and so i i think he does an incredible job of uh creating that setting and really really selling what that means and why he would call it Arkansas rather than some other name, you know, that has something to do with the crime itself happening or something like that. Call it frog or something. Yeah, like that, exactly. You know? Yeah. So I, I think, uh, I think he really sells that here. Just like, uh, just like they sold the settings in Ozark and especially Breaking Bad. I mean, Breaking Bad for Albuquerque is, I mean, that's like the two go hand in hand. Yeah, I had also identified Breaking Bad as um as a, as an obvious connection with this, you know, kind of that uh that small town crime, you know, it's on a personal level something that stuck out to me. So in a in another life, you know, before I was a film critic, uh I had been in law school and I spent mm-hmm. my summers interning at the county attorney's office of my very small Texas town where I grew up. Mm. And what was crazy to me is for such a tiny town, all the shit that went down, it was insane. It was absolutely (laughs) insane what people got into. And so watching this film, I was instantly taken back to that feeling because we think of just in the popular imagination, you think about like Chicago and, you know, LAPD and NYPD and, you know, all these big uh, like cities contain this Mm. great volume but it's really interesting how crime has this uh, very grassroots influence in small communities and so to see that portrayed that was something just personally I connected with and to speak to the setting and setup I kind of had a I had a little half puzzle piece to Mm -hmm. Angel Heart are you familiar 
Uh, no, I don't know that one. I had watched this in my The South in Film class another lifetime ago. So Angel Heart was 1987, directed by Alan Parker. It had Mickey Rourke in it. Mm. And it's this, the devil's in New Orleans. Like, that's the deal. Mm. And why I touched on Angel Heart is... And trying to kind of go back to that, I still haven't found the perfect language for what I would call like the alternate dimension of the Odyssey, Mm. that space that exists outside of time. But I'm going to try to be more eloquent about it and just speaking to the South. The South as a region in film and in culture has this timeless quality to it. When When you're in the South, you know, experiencing it in real life and just through cinema and television there's always something that feels very old Mm. it doesn't feel very updated it doesn't feel time feels slower time feels more set back you know you can connect that to any number of social issues or what have you Mm -hmm. and it makes the south a really interesting place to set your film and that's something i liked about arkansas is for me there were scenes like of bars and the town and the uh, the natural locations where they were shooting some of the action. And it was really interesting to me to think that they were in a space that had probably been unchanged in a lot of ways for the past 50 years. And it would probably go on for another 50 years playing the same old songs at the jukebox, you know, that sure. same old honky tonk <laughs> vibe. And as a Southerner, that's something that it just, ooh, it just resonates. Like it feels so good. Mm -hmm. to watch that. And so for a Southern director to kind of capture that aspect of the South, you know, and not in a big obvious showboating way, Mm -hmm. he's not doing a pretentious study of the South. He just knows. Right. He he knows that history of how it was captured in culture. He knows what it's like to live there. And oh, so good. And Angel Heart also does that very well. You know, it's funny. uh, I produced this other movie podcast, Awesome Movie Year, and right now they're doing uh, 1996. And I think actually this week is going to be an episode on the movie Lone Star, the John Sayles movie. And uh, those that movie and Arkansas feel like they could have been shot back to back. Like you know, yes, yes, (laughs) they really do. It's like, yeah, it just doesn't change that that area, and in a very uh, a very cool way. <laughs> yeah, it feels uh, it feels like a like a time capsule. Yeah, it feels absolutely. very much like a time capsule, and that can be frustrating for the people who live here. Sure, <laughs> but that is, but that's also part of the comfort. Yeah, you know, just speaking to my personal life and experience, you know, my parents grew up in this area in Central Texas, you know, where I now live as well and the dance halls that they went to when Mm. they were young you know are still there are still operational still playing a lot of george Strait, (laughs) and and it's crazy it's crazy to be able to go to a place and experience it damn near identically to how my parents experienced it back in the day yeah that's 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 cool it's really cool (laughs) <laughs> so uh i only have one more fully formed puzzle piece uh but before i get to that uh i did want to touch really quickly on something i didn't have a good one for maybe maybe not to put you on the spot here but maybe you have one that works in this but i was just thinking of clark duke being you know someone who's mainly known for uh comedic roles 
And I know there is an example, and I just can't think of it, of a comedic actor who wrote themselves a serious role, a dramatic role to really uh, showcase themselves, you know? And, and it's like, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't think of it. And I know that there are ones that have happened before, and I just can't. Who wrote I just can't themselves seem to put it a comedic role? Yeah, they actually, uh, they, they actually made a movie wrote and or directed a movie that uh that, so they could show off their talents as being you know more multi-dimensional as a as an actor you know golly well you know and, and, and that's where the writing thing is kind of tripping me up because all what pops into my head immediately as that big transition from comedic to dramatic talent would be adam sandler with uncut gems sure last year like that's the big and unfortunately once i got that in my mind <laughs> Yeah. It is blocking out every other receptor. It's like the answer is Adam Sandler, but he didn't write that. So let me that mo- that movie that movie does uh, block out a lot of receptors. I think. Yeah, um. like it, it's a it's a it's an onslaught. Like it's, it sure it's is. stuck there. Goddamn. If I. Yeah, if I think of one, I will like I will just stop mid mid conversation and just throw it in there. But I I just That's wanted fine, to mention, me too. yeah, I just wanted to mention that and like kind of get it out there, you know. Um, but do you have uh, more puzzle pieces? I have one more after this. Well, Breaking Bad was one, and I think you covered that pretty well. Um, Angel Heart, you know, I could go down another South tangent. Just really that spectrum of I don't have another concrete. Mm-hmm. puzzle piece so much is that I think the South is such a big part of this film, you know, both in declared intent and then just how it plays out. And so any film that is urban cowboy in its own weird sort of way. Sure. Urban cowboy. I'm thinking again of that, just kind of that time and space and strange characters occupying a slow a slow southern environment yeah i think that makes sense as as a piece there that maybe that the south works. as a region is probably a better just the south yeah i think that totally <laughs> makes sense i mean this movie is inspired by that so it, it definitely fits yeah. so uh i will go with my my last piece then and this is a movie I haven't seen in a long time, but I was trying to think of movies where, uh, you know, the protagonists are, you know, a couple of criminals and they're, you know, just kind of hiding out and like uh, trying to trying to fix some kind of situation gone wrong. And I know there's probably a better one, but the first one that came to mind was The Way of the Gun with uh, Ryan Phillippe and, and Benicio Del Toro. Mm. Yeah, haven't haven't yeah. seen it in so many years. I remember I used to love this movie back in college. But uh but you know, again, it's like it's these these kind of low-level criminals. They've gotten themselves in over their head with this whole situation that they're doing and they uh they have to survive from from, you know, the the uh the onslaught of people who are out to get them because they really screwed up within their organization, you know? And, uh, and so, yeah, that, that was kind of my last puzzle piece I had. And I do think that there are other examples of that kind of movie, the kind of movie where your, your heroes are basically criminals and they're, they're hiding out from the other criminals, you know, but, uh, the way of the gun was such a fun movie. I thought that that would be a good one. I saw that once many moons mm-hmm. ago and I definitely need to revisit just after talking about this. 
Yeah, I need to revisit it too. I, I remember I used to love that movie in college, and uh, it's been since then, since the last time I saw it. Uh, but I will go ahead and do the finished puzzle, and then we can uh, get into any closing thoughts we have about this one. Uh, so we talked about, in talking about Arkansas, we talked about the Odyssey, Coen Brothers movies, a whole bunch of them, uh, The Man With No Name trilogy, Hell or High Water, Pulp Fiction, Ozark, Breaking Bad, Angel Heart, Urban Cowboy, The Way of the Gun, and The South itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as as you know, as we've been talking about this movie, definitely the South itself being a puzzle piece makes so much sense because it it, it permeates all of these pieces. Really, like all of these movies are are South set movies, and I think that that feeling is such a major part of what Clark Duke was trying to drive home with this movie. Yeah, 100%. It fits in beautifully with a long tradition of the South as this very contained and almost mythical space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you have any other like final thoughts, things that we didn't uh, get to as far as uh, Arkansas is concerned? Um, just really want to congratulate Clark Duke on a really beautifully put together film. Um, the writing is really fantastic. And of course, it's a great cast. You know, this is, this is an actor's piece for sure. Um, but mm-hmm. really all the accolade and credit has to go with the, uh, with the scene setup and the writing really, really well done. Absolutely. Yeah. I, lots of great characters, great writing. Um, you know, great first time out for Clark Duke. It's, it's, it's crazy. And, uh, and yeah, a lot of great character actors and and actors just kind of stealing scenes from one another back and forth i love we didn't even mention uh malkovich he's so good in it Um, yes so good (laughs) i wrote down my favorite line from him uh very strange egg as you americans say (laughs) it's just great um Mm -hmm. but uh there's so many funny little lines and stuff like that and uh yeah a lot of great great work being done by these actors in this thing yeah, I think that about covers it for Arkansas. Uh, as I always do at the end of these things, uh, Kate, is there another movie you saw recently? I mean, we kind of gave a recommendation at the beginning for The Vast of Night, but another movie maybe you saw recently you'd like to recommend? I've seen a lot. I've seen a <laughs> lot lately. Um, one that is already out that y'all can seek out is The Wretched. Uh, mm. The Wretched, it's an IFC midnight film. It is a little bit Blair Witch, a little bit... Little bit Baba Dookie. It is uh this really interesting kind of fall into that fall into that (laughs) retro theme. The Vast of Night has a great retro vibe to it, set Mm. in the 50s. The Wretched kind of calls back from some of your 80s slasher. It's got this really great witch villain in it. It's fucking gross. It is (laughs) like the uh the gore and just the visceral uh oh, I'm trying to think the uh there's a, a really nasty word that describes like the sound of ripping flesh. Mm. I'll, I'll okay. think I will think of it right after we get <laughs> off this call and I'll message it to you. But the wretched is just such a nasty film and it's so good. And it's actually been doing really well on the drive-in circuit. Yeah, we have one here and it, it's playing at like midnight. I'm trying to decide if, uh, if I can stay up that late. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Point. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, so the wretched is one. Uh, Shirley is coming up very soon, and that's fantastic. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. For Elizabeth sure. Boss is just on a whole other level. Yeah, uh, I can't wait to see that. 
Well, right on. Thank you, uh, Kate, so much. This was great. Uh, why don't you uh, tell people again where they could find your work? Absolutely. So the best place to follow me is on Twitter at Kate Does. That's at C-A-I-T-D-O-E-S. As far as what Kate does, she does all kinds of stuff. She does <laughs> entertainment journalism. She does film criticism. I'm really trying to get back into a good workout regimen now in quarantine. So I tweet a lot about that too. <laughs> um, and then as far as other spots, Oh, I have a Facebook page, but nobody gives a shit about that. Caitlin Kennedy writer <laughs> at Kate does content. That's just another place where I collect my work. That's about it. <laughs> sounds. I'm just sounds on the internet. Good. Yeah. Just on there doing content. That's, that's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on. Thank you so much for, uh, for being here and hopefully we'll uh, get you back again sometime soon for another. Thank movie. you so much for having me on. I had a really great time. Hey, I'm Josh Bell. I'm Jason Harris. Hey, Josh, we're friends in real life, but we're also co-hosts on this new podcast called Awesome Movie Year, where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies and do a deep dive looking at movies, including the best picture winner, the biggest movie at the box office, future cult classics, and more. Including the biggest flop. And this season, we're doing 1994. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. We're all over the web as well. That awesome movie year on all the socials and awesomemovieyear.com. So please like us, subscribe. And uh, if you do like us, give us a five-star rating because we love you. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Arkansas. Uh, thank you, Kate, for joining me on the show. It's a great time talking to you. And uh, people, if you haven't seen the movie, go check it out. It is definitely something worth seeing. And uh, as always, reminder, make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can, of course, rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. We love hearing what you think of the show. So, uh, you know, leave your reviews. We, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. You can also uh, check out our Patreon where we post advanced episodes. You're most likely, if you are one of our few patrons that we have so far, you're probably hearing this right now. And you're hearing it before this episode went up on the main feed. Or if you're hearing it on the main feed, then this is a week later. And uh, we're doing a little time traveling here as I'm recording this. I, I'm, I'm rambling, people. I really am. Well, why don't I close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do on the show. What do I got to play for you today? Something, something with that. That southern feel to it, something, uh, something. I, I've played this one on the show before, but I think it would definitely fit for a movie like this. I'm gonna play this track called "The Black River," and this was from a free album I put out uh, a few years back called "Another Sky." You can get that exclusively on my Bandcamp. Although this track, as well as all of the bonus tracks that were on "Another Sky" and my other free bonus albums, will be combined and compiled into a, uh, a special bonus album of, you know, I'm going to call it rare and unreleased music. It's not really very rare. You can find it over my band camp, but there will be some uh, special tracks as well added to the whole thing to make a big overall new special album that I am planning on releasing sometime in the near future uh, because I have a whole bunch of unreleased stuff that isn't going to be on my next regular albums, but... 
I will make room for it on this along with the tracks from the bonus albums. So it's, it's going to be a cool little compilation of other tracks, let's put it that way. So anyway, uh, that's coming soon. But for now, check out The Black River. You can find the album Another Sky on my Bandcamp, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming out real soon. And all points west.